Welcome to this first Anglican Connection Word on Wednesday podcast. My name is John Mason, and it's wonderful to have you with us. As we begin, here's what we'll be doing. There'll be prayers from Morning Prayer, an Australian prayer book, 1978, led by Catherine Jacob, and Bible readings from the New Revised Standard Version, read by Andrew Pearson. Music is from the Cathedral Church of the Advent, Birmingham, Alabama, under the direction of Dr. Frederick Teodo with Zachary Hicks. As we begin, let me read from the opening lines of Psalm 95. O come, let's sing to the Lord. Let's make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let's come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let's make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. The Lord be with you, and also with you. Let us pray in the words of the prayer that our Lord Jesus taught. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Lord God, through your beloved Son, you reconciled all things to yourself, making peace by the blood of his cross. Fill us and those for whom we pray with your peace and joy. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, We thank you for bringing us safely to this day. Keep us by your mighty power and grant that today we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but lead and govern us in all things that we may always do what is righteous in your sight. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty God, the fountain of all goodness, we humbly pray you to bless all who hold positions of authority and public office in every land so that all things, especially in these uncertain times, may be ordered in wisdom, righteousness, and peace to the honor of your holy name and the good of your church and people. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Almighty Father, in these uncertain times, we thank you for the doctors and healthcare workers who put their lives at risk to care for people who are suffering from COVID-19. Thank you that we can come to you with our concerns and anxieties, knowing that you are a God of compassion who hears us and knows our deepest needs. 
we commend to your fatherly care all those who in this passing world are in any kind of trouble or sickness, sorrow, anxiety, or need. Especially we pray for family, friends, and those who are known to us. We also pray for those who in this time of social restriction are in physical, mental, or emotional danger. Give them patience and confidence in your goodness, and in your mercy provide their every need through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. A reading from the book of Acts, chapter 1, verses 1 through 11. In the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me, for John baptized with water but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? He replied, It is not for you to know the times or periods that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. When he had said this, as they were watching, he was lifted up, and a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going and they were gazing up toward heaven, suddenly two men in white robes stood by them. They said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up toward heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Welcome again to this first Word on Wednesday podcast. Have you noticed how many people love talk shows or the program Who Do You Think You Are? Because they're interested in other people's life stories. And people are not just interested in the lives of the living, but the lives of those who have made their mark on history. Biographies of Abraham Lincoln and Winston Churchill, for example, continue to sell in the thousands. However, sometimes figures of the past fall out of favour because they're not in sync with current opinion. Ironically, this is true of one man who not only made a significant impact during the course of his three years of public life, but who continues to influence an ever-increasing number of lives all over the world today. When we turn to the four best and authentic records of the life of Jesus Christ, we find that by the closing chapters, it appeared that the Roman and Jewish authorities had won the day. They'd felt threatened by this outsider who had wielded superhuman powers and who had attracted vast crowds. Then there had come the day when they put him to death, 
by crucifixion. But the Jesus story didn't end there. All four records tell us that the seemingly impossible happened. He was seen alive again by more than 500 of his followers. Now you may have difficulty grasping the notion of Jesus' resurrection, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen or couldn't happen. We need to ask, for example, how would those first followers of Jesus have gotten away with telling the people of Jerusalem that they'd seen him alive and well if it wasn't true? The first sermons they preached about Jesus being raised from the dead were preached only six weeks after the crucifixion and less than three miles from the tomb. Supposing I'd said to people when I was living in New York that the Statue of Liberty had come to life and that I'd seen Lady Liberty walking in Battery Park. I might just get away with a claim somewhere without connectivity, but I certainly wouldn't get away with it in New York City. New Yorkers would be down at Battery Park in a moment to check it out. The example's not perfect, but it illustrates my point that there's excellent reason to be confident that Jesus' tomb was empty on the first Easter day. When Peter preached the first recorded sermon, there weren't 3,000 cynics, but rather 3,000 converts. To return to the Jesus story, we might think that his victorious resurrection and his physical departure marked the end, but we find it was just the beginning. Dr. Luke wrote two volumes about Jesus. In the opening lines of his second volume, The Acts of the Apostles, we read, In my first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning. And as we read on in that opening chapter, we find these words. So when the disciples had come together, they asked Jesus, Lord, is this the time when you will restore the kingdom to Israel? Jesus had been telling them that the new age of God's Messiah had dawned, and clearly the disciples were excited. But the questions they put to Jesus reveal that they were thinking in political categories, nationalistic terms, and immediacy in time. Jesus, however, had a very different agenda. You will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, he said. His agenda is spiritual in its focus, global in its scope, and timeless in its outcome. You shall be my witnesses. Jesus was commissioning his disciples to tell the world what they'd seen and what they'd heard him say. Indeed, he wants you and me to know that what his followers preached is the truth. This is important because Christianity is about relationships with God and with one another through Jesus Christ. And that's why it's important that we know the truth about Jesus, because meaningful and lasting relationships can only be built on truth. Without truth, there can be no trust. One of the frightening realities of the global coronavirus today is that it is highly infectious and deadly. It's snuffing out the lives of hundreds of thousands. Where do we turn for hope? Jesus Christ offers us a future, and with it he gives our life meaning and hope. 
The Bible reveals that God is not only good and just, he's also amazingly compassionate. Through Jesus' death and resurrection, God himself has removed the sting of death. So when we turn to Jesus in genuine repentance and heartfelt faith, our mortal death will open the door to life with God and his people forever. Our broken relationship with God can be healed. God holds out to us the offer of complete forgiveness and hope, new life and deep joy. This is the truth that needs to reach the ends of the earth. Following his words commissioning his disciples, Jesus was taken up into the clouds. And as those disciples watched his departure, two angelic figures spoke. Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who has been taken into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. The disciples were right in thinking that the reign of Jesus would now begin, but they were mistaken in thinking that his reign would be from earth. Jesus would reign over all things from heaven until his physical return and the establishment of the new heaven and the new earth. In the meantime, there's work to be done by God's people, taking the good news of the living God to the world, calling on everyone to turn back to him. Isn't this the news our fretful and anxious world needs to hear? The encouraging thing is, we don't have to do this alone. But that's for next week. As we conclude today, let me pray. God our Father, make us joyful in the ascension of your Son, Jesus Christ. May we follow him into the new creation, for his ascension is our glory and our hope. We ask this through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever. Amen. Amen.